Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Ask BBB, the program that brings you information from and about businesses you can trust. Ask BBB features business owners and managers who share their experience and insight so that consumers are better informed about products and services they are contracting or purchasing. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. And today on Ask BBB, we have information from two businesses that help make it easier for seniors to stay in their home. We'll hear from a business that arranges help at the push of a button when we're joined by Lisa Timbeck of Connect Care. And right now, we welcome James Chalmers, president of Home Instead Senior Care, a company that provides non-medical in-home care for seniors. Welcome to Ask BBB, James. Thanks, Linda. Jim? Your company is one of several that offers a range of services that are beyond the services provided by our healthcare system. Where does a company like Home Instead Senior Care fit into the spectrum? Well, we get that question a lot uh, just because of our our name. And being Home Instead, a lot of people are under the notion that we only provide uh, care in the home, uh, in a residential home, but actually our care covers the entire spectrum of care. So we have clients that are in a residential home where a loved one might want to stay home and not move to a retirement home or long-term care home. And so they engage our services and our staff come in to help out with uh, various services. Um, But then we also provide care in retirement homes too, in the retirement home setting, because Different retirement homes offer different levels of service, and really the next step for that resident is to move to long-term care. And as we know, a lot of people want to stay where they call home, and so in the retirement home setting, they know, well, if I get extra help beyond what the retirement home can offer me, then I can stay here longer. And with the varying services and the many retirement homes in the London area, Many retirement homes offer different levels of care, so they might have someone there to help with uh, various things, but other times they they might not have a lot of care, so that's where our services come in. And then in the long-term care home setting, we have companions that can come in, take dad out for a coffee, play cards, watch movies, whatever's needed, take a drive to Grand Bend and get fish and chips. So it, it's uh, we have many clients that it ranges. The family lives out of town, but they want a caregiver to come visit with them, and it's about quality of life. And then that moves on to the hospital as well. So. You've mentioned some of the services just in in passing. So uh, what are the services you perform and then what are some of the ones that, that, that your company doesn't do? Sure. We we provide, it's a, a, a it's all customized care. So it's really like having a personal assistant with your senior loved one. So from companionship to preparing meals, light housekeeping, laundry, escorting to and from appointments, restocking the fridge, preparing future meals so mom or dad or loved one can heat them up in the fridge or in the, in the microwave, uh, all the way through to personal care like bathing, dressing, grooming, incontinence care. Uh, respite care, and then we also specialize in Alzheimer's and dementia care services. So those families who have a loved one who's coping with Alzheimer's or related dementia, uh, maybe it's a spouse who says, you know what, I want to have two afternoons a week to to really go out, recharge my batteries, go out with a friend, run some errands, but I can't leave my husband alone. Then we can have a caregiver stay with uh, with their husband and uh, can do meaningful activities that encourage independence and, and quality of life. So what sort of training and background checks are required for people who work in this sort of service? 
So with Homestead Senior Care, we're a, we're a franchise organization. So our area covers from Sarnia to Woodstock, Grand Bend to Port Stanley. So we have a very large area that we cover. And one of the advantages with Homestead Senior Care is that there is a, there's a whole department of franchise standards that audits us on all of our requirements for our staff. So all of our staff can come uh, and apply as a PSW, as nurses, uh, RPNs, uh, and even retirees. We have a retired 3M executive who uh, wants to go play golf and wants to go on vacations. But you know what? I can go out and take a client out for coffee every Monday and Friday. Um, so when when they apply with us, then they have to go through our credential training, um, which every employee has to go through that, uh, no matter what sort of qualifications they have. But then we also have uh, vetting that they have to go through as well. So they have to have a clear uh, police check, vulnerable sector search, clean driver's abstract. And uh, and then we have an interview process that we go through that requires them to meet a certain criteria as far as the, the people that we hire. Who generally arranges uh, for services like this? Does the individual senior make it, a, a relative, a uh, or community care, what, what's involved? So it's uh, Jim. It's a it's a combination of uh, the family dynamics. So it could be a, a spouse. So say a, a spouse ha- is coping with Alzheimer's and related dementia. They're calling in and saying, you know what, I'm just burnt out. I need help. Uh, if I had a little extra help around the house, my you know, family lives uh, not close by. Uh, but if I had someone coming in a, a few times a week to help me with uh, d- different tasks, then uh, that would allow me to be able to take care of myself, caring for the caregiver. So it could be a spouse. It could also be uh, the senior themselves. They might say, you know what, I don't want to be a burden to my family and my and and you know my kids work hard. They have kids. I want them to come and visit me. And when they come to visit, I want to actually visit with them. I don't want them to have to come in and do the laundry, change the linens, and then go out and get me groceries. So they might say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement having a caregiver from home instead come out, and they can help me with these things, and then I can visit with my kids. And then we have uh, a title that uh, is known throughout the home instead network called Kathy. And it's typically through the research that Homestead has done has found that it's typically women between the age of 45 and 64 that engage looking for care from mom and dad. Uh, it's certainly not uh, saying anything against the sons out there or, or the men, but it's typically uh, women uh, age 45 to 64 that are reaching out saying, you know what, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to reach out and engage care and set this up for the family. And then we meet with the entire family and all those dynamics come into play. Sounds like that's about the sandwich age. Yeah. Too. Yeah. The sandwich generation and, <laughs> and you know, the, the, the boomers uh, engaging care and uh, wanting to be more independent and active. So in general, how costly are services like these? So the services range, uh, you know, there's many, many options out there as far as companies. Um, but the important thing is to to look for some of the things that you've already asked. What kind of training do the staff have? Are they their employees or are they contract workers? So all of our staff are our employees, which means that they're bonded, they're insured, they're covered under WSIB. Anything happens in the home that falls on us as a corporation. Um, so the family has that peace of mind knowing they have a trained professional in the home. I mean, if you find someone who's on, on Kijiji, you might not know they're background. You might not know why they're on Kijiji and then what sort of uh, vetting is, is in place to ensure that you're getting someone reputable and, and trained. So as far as the costs go, it ranges from, for us, the types of services. So we have what's called supportive care, which includes the companionship, meals, lighthouse keeping, laundry, driving to appointments and things like that. Uh, and that's twenty nine ninety five per hour. And then we also have another level of care, which is specialized care, which is thirty one ninety five an hour. And that includes 
includes uh, any care related to Alzheimer's or related dementia or personal care because we want to have specialized trained staff that are helping with those types of things. Is there a, a length of contract you have to commit to then? So we really have just a, a time frame. We, our, our visits, what we found, in order for our staff and our care team to be able to get a, a, an appropriate understanding of the needs of the client, it, we have a three-hour minimum for the visit. But then we also have uh, um, a, a requirement that they do have to – the family does have to sign a service agreement that gives us permission to come in the home. But it's not a contract by any means. All you have to do is give 72 hours notice that you want to stop care and you can stop care. It's just getting permission. So there's not a contract per se in place that requires you to have our type of service for maybe three months or anything like that. We just ask for the 72-hour notice because we know our clients and our demographic needs are always changing. And, of course, they can uh, look you up on online and get information and, and make yeah. contact with you uh, directly at Home Instead uh, Senior Care. Yeah. And, of course, they can uh, do some of their initial uh, research by going to the BBB website as yeah. well. James Wee, uh, thank you very much for being part of our program today. Our guest has been James Chalmers, who is president of Homestead Senior Care, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. And we'll return in a moment to learn about personal monitoring systems, help at the push of a button. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. And today we're learning about services available to help seniors stay in their homes. We welcome Lisa Timback, sales and marketing assistant, from ConnectCare, who's joined by Mallory Abraham, ConnectCare officer. ConnectCare is a service of St. Joseph's Healthcare London. Welcome to Ask BBB. Thank you. Thank you. Before we get into some of the details, can you give us a brief description of the services ConnectCare offers? So ConnectCare uh, provides a service that is designed to keep seniors or anybody at risk for falls or other health concerns in their home longer. Um, So what we do is we offer a variety of different help buttons. So um, if a, per- a person were to need help, then they would be able to push the, push the button or um, activate it through a, a fall motion. Um, and then that's designed to signal to the response center. And from there, the person would get the help in whatever way they've set up their care plan. So the help will come right to their home immediately, and, uh, and then they go from there. Thanks, Mallory. And, and at what point in life should a person consider a system such as the one you've just described? I don't think there's an exact point that someone should consider the system, but some things to keep in mind uh, that a lot of our subscribers are going through is if they're having some health concerns, if um, their doctors um, have told them that they're at fall at a fall risk, if they live alone, if their family doesn't live nearby, um, or if they're recovering from a surgery. We have a lot of people who are recovering from hip replacement or knee replacement surgeries, and they just need it for a short amount of time. Or say if they're going through a treatment like a chemo treatment or a dialysis, and they may need it for a short amount of time as well. What is the equipment that can be installed, and how do the systems work? So we have a number of different service options now. Um, Essentially what we do is break them down into either landline-based services or wireless services. Um, So the landline-based services work through a home phone service, kind of a standard service like Bell or Rogers. And um, there are a variety of different buttons you can choose with the landline. Um, Those come with a communicator. So that's like a two-way speaker that gets installed through the home phone. Um, So each subscriber would have that communicator and then their button. And then a similar, I guess, similar idea with the wireless service. You would have the communicator 
and the button, but those communicators actually work off of their own SIM card, so you don't require a home phone. Do you mean... That it would only be used for that service. Oh, sorry. Yeah, gotcha. No, it doesn't have to be a dedicated landline. So anybody with a kind of standard home phone service that you use for calling and, you know, the normal stuff, our service works just in conjunction with that. Uh, Does the person have to wear a device and do they wear it 24-7? And if so, how comfortable is it? Um, it depends on which option that they have. So if they have the Go Safe button, they should wear it all the time because the Go Safe goes with you uh, wherever you go. Um, if they're we- wearing the at home wire or at home auto alert or at home basic, then it's up to them. If they are comfortable wearing it all the time, then we recommend that, and it is waterproof, so they can wear it in the shower. Hmm. Um, the biggest thing to rec- to um, let them know is that. They have to remember to put it on. So if they're not going to wear it when they go out, they have to put it into a spot that as soon as they come in the door, they would remember to put it on because obviously that's the key to the success of our buttons is they have to have it on them in order to push it or in order for the auto alert signal to go through. So there isn't a a system yet that detects that they're not wearing it. Uh, That's right. (laughs) With with today's technology, I suppose that uh, will come up down the line. Um, does the person have to be conscious to be able to push this button or is there a, a service that acts uh, if something happens that they're not conscious? Um, so we do have a service called the Auto Alert um, and that's actually technology that's built into the button that works on the Go, the Go Safe. So the Auto Alert and the Go Safe both come with falls detection, which means that you don't have to be conscious to push the button. But what those buttons are relying on for the signal to go through is a fall motion. So um, so if you were to be walking, trip, fall down and hit your head and you're unconscious, that button is designed to work for you and it's quite reliable. We've had a lot of success with it. Um, but if you were sitting in the chair watching TV in your living room and you had a heart attack and didn't fall down because you're sitting in a chair, unfortunately, in that situation, we don't have anything that can activate for the person just yet. So it has to be a fall motion. Does the system um, only work in the home if that's the option you have? Uh, do you mean if they have the auto alert at home? Mm-hmm. Then it would only work in their home or 300 feet from the base approximately. Oh. And, of course, there's things to keep in mind depending on even the building construction materials used in the building or the home can change that. So we always like to do a range test when the volunteer is doing the install. And that way it'll give the person a better peace of mind as to how far that range will work of the button. So what happens when a person pushes the button? Um, So it depends on the option, again, that they have. If they have the basic button, if they push the button, I mean, always the response center, the signal is going to go to them and they're going to try to make contact with the person through the base unit or through the the go safe button. Um, And if they make contact with the person, then again, they can direct what help they want and and how they want that help. So they can say, call my daughter or call EMS, that sort of thing. And if there's no voice contact, then depending, again, on the option they have, if it's the basic button, then they're going to go through the list of responders and get uh, a responder if they can reach somebody to go out and check on them. If they have a fall detection signal, then they are going to automatically send EMS because they take that a little more seriously as it is a fall uh, detection. What about the cost? 
Um, so the cost varies just based on which type of service you're looking at. Um, the wireless options are a little bit more expensive because they involve the monthly cost of a SIM card. Um, the starting point for price, though, with the basic landline service is $41.50 a month, um, which is really reasonable. I mean, it's about a cup of coffee a day and you can't put a price on your own safety. Um, there is a $50 installation fee. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that we have no contract and there are no taxes on our fees. So a couple of great things to mention, I guess. Are there questions we should ask a company that provides this sort of service? Absolutely. Um, Some really important things that you would want to find out before you get a service like this is what kind of a contract are you entering into. With us, it's just a month-to-month agreement, but there are some longer-term contracts out there. Um, Who is answering the calls? Is it a response center? Some services only have an auto-dialer, so there's actually not a live person answering the call. It's just dialing through a preset list of numbers. Um, Is the response center 24-7 monitoring the calls? Where is the response center located? Are the prices um, in Canadian dollars or American? Are there taxes on the fees? Um, And a major thing is where does that money that you're paying in your monthly fee and your installation fee and everything, where is that going? Because with Connect Care, we're a nonprofit outreach service of St. Joseph's Healthcare London. So any of our revenue that we generate goes back into the mission, vision and values at St. Joe's which is a huge thing for people in our community. I mean, most people have access to services through St. Joe's, um, or at least they know someone who has. Well, we want to thank you very much for being part of uh, Ask BBB today. Uh, Lisa and uh, Mallory, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Our guests have been Lisa Timbeck, who is Sales and Marketing Assistant with Connect Care, and Mallory Abraham, who is a Connect Care Officer. They are a business that is accredited by the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. We'll return in a moment with tips to help the elderly avoid being scammed. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Last week, we talked about a scam that targets seniors. The grandparent scam is just one of the ways seniors are targeted. Every year, senior citizens are targeted by con artists. Many of the victims don't ask for help until it's too late. Better Business Bureau receives hundreds of phone calls each year from senior citizens who have been targeted or victimized by scammers. These calls can range from common scams such as bogus travel deals or lottery schemes to outright financial fraud. How common is that financial fraud and what do you mean by that? Financial fraud occurs when a senior's banking or credit accounts are exploited by scammers. And what makes the crime particularly frightening is that in most cases, the abuse is carried out by someone the senior knows, such as a family member, caregiver, or friend. Many victims do not realize that they have been taken advantage of, or if they do know, they may not want to tell anyone due to being embarrassed or fear of losing what independence they may have. So what can we tell people, Linda, to help them avoid being scammed? Unfortunately, financial elder abuse can be difficult to identify. It often takes a caring family member, friend, or caregiver to recognize that fraud has occurred. These are some of the signs to look for. The person receives lots of junk mail, i.e. sweepstakes offers and emails like that, gets frequent phone calls from people offering valuable awards or asks asking for charitable donations. The person has written checks or made withdrawals for escalating amounts of money to unfamiliar out-of-state, out-of-province companies. The person begins to act very secretively about phone calls, and the person is having sudden problems paying bills or buying food or other necessities. Are there other steps we can take to help? 
emphasize the criminal nature of telemarketing fraud and help the person learn how to identify it. Encourage the person to hang up on telephone solicitations that seem suspicious and have a calm discussion about the best way to handle the person's finances in the future. If he or she seems to be truly incompetent, seek legal advice. Help the person change his or her phone number if necessary and get on the do not call list. And of course, uh, Linda, check out the scam tracker on the BBB website to keep up with the scams that are out there. Well, Linda, that's just about uh, all the time for this edition of Ask BBB. And you can always ask BBB by visiting our website at bbb.org. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And if you are a business owner and are interested in becoming a BBB accredited business, call us or go online to bbb.org backslash Western hyphen Ontario and become part of one of the largest business networks across North America. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.